Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Very, very well put together. Well done, Ben Francis. Well done, Ben Francis. You told us there'd be a song, a very special song at the start of the Saturday Sesh. You've delivered. Um, you built it up. We thought, what are we going to hear here? But I'm, I'm impressed. That's a great mix you've got going. That's there. our favourite artist. Um, we're all about fads on the show. Um, the Flying Tomatoes a great example of. Um, that artist, for, for those people actually text me through the week asking for this guy's details. What's his name again? Ben? Bradley, isn't it? No, I can't, I can't honestly remember. We I, can't remember! He's, on, he's the, on the show in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Matt, Matt Farley, I think it is. Matt Farley. Oh. Chris Farley's brother. Um, welcome to the show. This is the Saturday session. It's uh, one and a half minutes after 11 o'clock. Thank you very much, Ben Francis. Lovely way to open. Grant. And Daniel, Grant on top as always, as it should be. G'day, Grant. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, we've had uh, plenty of enjoyment on the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show last hour with Justin Marshall. If you're just tuning in and missed that, uh, check out our socials. Uh, all the all the key takeaways uh, will be there. Yeah, it's good to get your rugby fix in early in the morning. Yeah. And then you've got the games coming up in the afternoon. So Justin Marshall, he's always incredible, gives great uh, insight into the game. Yeah, and it often agrees with you, which uh, does sully his performance every week. I sort of agree with him. I think I just feel like he alphas me. You know, I wow. can't dis- How wow. can I disagree with One, Justin Marshall? I wonder why he can alpha you on that front. <laughs> uh, our number is 0800-150-811. We took uh, some of your calls too. Uh, if you want to carry that discussion on or talk um, a wider spectrum of this beautiful thing that we all love and adore, we call sport. Now is your opportunity. Um, in fact, we can go straight to Mark, is it? Good morning, Mark. Good morning, guys. How are you? Oh, good. Oh, I love that accent. Where are you calling from, Mark? Sydney. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Right, the floor is yours. Welcome into TCNZ. Thank you very much. I have called in before, and um, being half... We remember. Yep, I used to live in Merckson. My mum was from there, so I'd stay in touch with SENZ daily, and thank you for making Rugby Union Sport so much fun, you guys. Oh, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. You can stay. What I'd like to suggest, like, for uh, players for the All Blacks would be any of our Australian rugby union players on this side of the ditch because we could sure do with the improvement with regard to upping our skill level alongside the All Blacks. (laughs) 
So you feel that the the gains this season in Super Rugby from an Australian perspective are only incremental, that it is only a step and what you, you feel you're still a long way behind the race? I feel that um, with all the just star players that New Zealand has, if any of our guys over here had an opportunity to play alongside them, their class, their skill, their game now, as it were, would improve by light years. Because with regard to the success we've had at the uh, Super Rugby this year, it's just like in a minor class compared to all the success that the New Zealand teams have had. And I just feel we could do far better. This is a really interesting point and something I've talked about a lot in, in years gone by. Um, and I used the, the Sunwolves as an example when they arrived. Remember the Sunwolves back in the day, uh, Mark? Yeah. Uh, and my biggest fear for them was, well, the lack of talent will see them lose, lose, and probably lose momentum. Why not bolster their team? Why not loan Bowden Barrett to the Sunwolves for the? Could you not do the same for Australia? If Bowden Barrett played for the Reds, let's say for a season, how many extra bums on seat would that bring? Would that bring some cut through, or am I being a little bit myopic from my New Zealand rugby perspective? No, I think uh, you're right on the money because I personally I'd love to see Bowden Barrett uh, loaned to the Waratahs, being a New South Wales supporter myself. My brother's from Queensland, so we have a dirty New South Wales Queensland rivalry. But um, I feel if some of the um, New Zealand players and even New Zealand coaches and previous All Black stars like, say, David Kirk or Sean Fitzpatrick or Jeff Wilson or John Kerwin came over here and became coaching consultants or even coaches to the teams. I think it would add far more depth, class and skill to our current crop of players because compared to the All Blacks and compared to a lot of New Zealand rugby union players, the skill on this side of the ditch is just not there. Yeah, Mark, I think that's a really good point is to, to spread that talent and something I've been thinking about when you, you look at the, the likes of the big bash is how can... You know, New Zealand have two teams in there, and I, I don't think that we use um, Australasia as a strength. We sort of stay in our own stall. So that, that is an excellent point, and hopefully in the future for Super Rugby and for to get the fans back, maybe that talent base is spread out a lot more. Hey, good on you, Mark. Go enjoy your right. Saturday. Thanks so Thanks much for calling in again. We look forward to chatting to you down the line. 0800-150-811. You can always uh, join the show. All right, Grant Elliott, I'd like to ask you um, your reaction being a former New Zealand cricket international to the big news um, in the White Ferns space uh, with some uh, key some key long-term contributors um, rather unfairly, according to many, are told, hey, thanks, but it's time to move on. Yeah, I What's think, your gut telling you? Well, I listened to a number of the players that had been left out um, and Frankie Mackay, who I'll give you a quote later on in the in the show, she was particularly vocal about it and obviously disappointed. Um, I think that, I mean, I understand the contract system, having been through it myself. You, you preview the year, so you look at the schedule and you see how much or what diet of cricket there is. The women obviously do not play in test matches, but they play one days in T20s. Now, there was going to be a huge diet of T20 cricket. So a lot of There's those... There's a World Cup. Right? Yeah. And the Commonwealth Games as well. So a lot of those players that missed out on the contract was the perceived um, input and involvement they'd have during T20s. And they didn't see them being involved that much, obviously. So they failed to get a contract. That's fine. It is what it is. Having someone like Amy Satterthwaite, one of only two left-handers, 
um, in New Zealand cricket. Uh, I thought that was a surprise, and this is probably the biggest surprise. Um, someone who has had a, an amazing career. But I think the thing that disappoints me the most is how they felt like they were blindsided by it. So I don't think that players deserve to have a send-off game. How are, they, how are they blindsided by it? Southwaite retires before the list comes out. And so she's aware that she doesn't get a contract. Yeah, well, no, she, I, that was post, wasn't it? I thought she, she retired after it was she missed out. I think the official list came out the day after. So what I see is that players need to, be, they need to know. So it's the Ross Taylor incident. Where it's how you, how you deliver it. It's how you deliver it and preparing those players for it. They make a, a lifestyle decision on being a professional cricketer. And as a woman professional cricketer, that's pretty tough as well because sometimes you have to work two jobs. And we're talking about Amy Satterthwaite and Leah Tohuhu. Um Huge contributors to New Zealand cricket for, for a very, 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 very long time. Now, I, I, haven't, I, I haven't reached out to too many people to actually try to get under the hood of this story, but th- there's three sort of observations that I have is... Um, yeah, they haven't won a whole heap, so making big changes for the next longer term, I, I get that. But wouldn't you do that after a T20 World Cup? Because the current group of players who ultimately disappointed at the one-day World Cup look more at home in T20 cricket, it seems to me. Um, I, maybe this decision in 12 months is what I was expecting, so I'm a little bit surprised there. B, it's clearly an indication New Zealand cricket uh, realised that they have no high-performance programme for women's cricket at our domestic level, and that they feel elevating un, you know, rough diamonds, and they're going to learn at the international level, that's fraught with danger, is it not? Yeah. Well, the, the, there's two things in my mind. The one is, is that the expectations of reaching finals cricket in World Cups, and I was listening to Brian Stronach on radio the other day, and he, he said, you know, we've been let down, we haven't made playoffs in, or finals cricket in the last four World Cups. Our expectations, are they not too high given we don't have that high-performance program in place? I mean, women's cricket has only been professional for a year now. So, and it, uh, even that, I'd say semi-professional in terms of what they get paid. So it's similar to when you broke into the black caps. Yeah, I would so say. So you were learning at the international level. Absolutely. So now you're having players where that they've obviously got half a dozen young players who will be learning their trade at international level. I think the questions that we need to ask is the review of why with the talented group of players that we had for the White Ferns, were we not successful? And does that come back to the support structure, the high performance? I mean, I look at domestic cricket, there's six teams. I don't think we've got the depth for six teams. I think we've got the depth for four teams at the moment. And lastly, the last observation I have, what a load of nonsense that she deserved a swan song and a farewell. Yeah, I mean, no, oh, come on, Grant. Like, I don't think any player. And I'm not picking on Amy Seth. <laughs> I'm just picking on anyone who thinks that's the way it should play. That's not how life works, right? No, I think sportsmen and women, no one deserves it. The game is always bigger than the individual, and um, even so, if so, New Zealand cricket had to come out and go, we're, we're not going to give Amy Seth a contract at the end. It's her swan song, but her farewell during a World Cup. Tap on the shoulder. That would have not, <laughs> yeah. that would have not brought about 150 questions for journalists. A, a tap on the shoulder before the, the the game, the last game of the World Cup, and say this could be your last. How many people get their swan songs? Um, no, you don't. What was your last game for New Zealand? Okay. Um, it was against Australia in Hamilton. Yeah, don't even remember it. Got 50. 
Don't even re- <laughs> <laughs> What I remember at 11 minutes after 11 o'clock is we're uh, already behind time. Thanks uh, to you, the listeners. Uh, call again on 0800-150-811. We've got to uh, speed on through. Let's catch up with uh, the news of the day. Uh, as you ready yourself for your sporting Saturday, let's recap the news uh, that is... Um, Developed overnight into the wee uh, hours of the morning. We call it editor at large as we unpack uh, all the sport you've missed out on with Burger King Home of the Whopper. Uh, during the segment, I'll add in my totally unwanted, and uh, Grant will add in his definitely unwarranted off the cuff opinion. So let's go. Australian Ben uh, Sawyer is set to be uh, named the new head coach of the White Ferns. Days after New Zealand Cricket announced their contracts for 2022 and 23, um, the 44-year-old uh, was most recently an assistant uh, under Matthew Mott with the World Cup winning Australian side. Thoughts? Mm, I thought it was Jacob Oram or Joanne Broadbent. That's, but I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm reading what has been written for me. Yeah, no one knows. It's quite a secret. And I think that that is a key piece yeah. to the contract list that's just come out. Uh, meanwhile, Trent Bolt's IPL side, the Rajasthan Royals, are through to the final as they beat uh, the Royal Challengers Bangalore by seven wickets. Josh Butler led the way for the Royals, hitting his fourth century of the uh, 2022 Indian Premier League. He'll be in right form for the Test Series. Oh, that's right. It's a completely different game. Um, this is not good, Daniel. This is not good. What, Joss? No, Joss is amazing. I love watching him bat. But the fact that Trent Bolt is in the team that's going into the finals, yes. then we've got the Test team coming up. Is he going to be like, oh, I need a rest? Love my two months of the IPL, mate. Can't wait to get cricket back. Um, football and a boost for Tottenham Hotspurs fans. Uh, manager Antonio Conte, you know, the, um, you know the, he wins wherever he goes. Well, that's what he tells us. Anyway, uh, he has agreed to stay on uh, as Spurs manager after a meeting with the club directors. Apparently, they're going to allow him to buy six or seven uh, new toys, probably about 150 million quid. Ooh. There you go. Um, you know, all for sports. Really important. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the NRL, surprisingly, there has been some news in rugby league that uh, didn't involve the New Zealand Warriors and Matt Lodge. Um, or their owner. Uh, there has been uh, drama aplenty as the Broncos uh, and their marquee player, Payne Haas, uh, who uh, reportedly uh, requested an immediate release from his contract. Uh, the Broncos were not forthcoming with that wish because, hey, you signed a contract, you're quite good. We're going all right, let's keep the band together. Well, last night, the Suncorp uh, Broncos fans continually booed the prop in a tense match in which, of course, the Broncos battled back from 18 points down at half time to win 35-24 <laughs> because they're amazing. Uh, Haas admitted the boos. Um, did affect him, and uh, Kevin Walters uh, reiterated uh, they would not release the New South Wales star. Um, and a quick update of our Reese Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. We are still at 41 contenders. Congratulations to you all for surviving another week. Gee, uh, these battle-hardened pros uh, really have shown uh, their skills over the last month. We've only lost one punter in the last month. That's extraordinary. Uh, Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition, 5000 bucks. Up for grab. We need an upset there because it's been at 41 for the last three weeks and we need a little upset. Could it be a, you know? A bit geez. of controversy. We need a bit of controversy. Yeah, we do. Because when it went from uh, almost 489, or no, it was 295 down to 59, that was when Moana Pacifica beat the Hurricanes. So there was a lot of people that missed yeah, out then. A lot went down that way. Uh, you are with SENZ. We are the home of the A-League, of course, all Wellington Phoenix games uh, on the old wireless. Uh, well, we will also um, focus in on the A-League after this break. We're going to look at the A-League Grand Final, which is on this weekend, and also, uh, let's be frank, a slightly more significant global competition um, also this weekend. Uh, Paris is the setting for the Champions League Final 
as Real Madrid in this uh, fabulous Cinderella, it's not a Cinderella story, but the, the coming from behind over and over and over again. Is it etched in the stars uh, that Real Madrid will beat Liverpool? We will find um, out a little bit more about that. We're going to catch up uh, with uh, a man who knows the A-League well, an absolute legend of the A-League and uh, with the Sky Blues. Um, these days, of course, parts of our family here at SENZ. He is co-host of SEN's The Global Game. Mr. Alex Brosk is going to join us after this. Stay with us. Oh, I always get a bit emotional when I hear Prince. Don't even know what the song that is. It's Prince, Don't even mate. know. Is There's it? Some oh, research. Prince. Symbol, you mean symbol. No, Prince. R.I.P. Well, hopefully our next guest adds more than you've just done there. <laughs> he will. He is, of course, our co-host of SEN's The Global Game. Uh, he uh, played his trade for many a year, brilliantly so, during the A-League, and we, uh, we are focused on that and the Champions League final this weekend. It's a massive uh, weekend uh, for the round ball code. We are delighted to welcome into the program Alex Brosk. Good morning, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully you can understand Afrikaans, my co-host here. English is a second language after all. Good morning to you, mate. <laughs> Good morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, morning, great. Alex. We are great. We are great. Uh, well, I'm a Liverpool fan. He's an Everton fan. So you can imagine the relationship that we, we are having uh, right now. But let, let, let's park... The uh, not the bus, but the Champions League final for just a moment. I, I'm really interested to get your take on the, the A-League Grand Final, which of course is uh, Melbourne uh, City FC up against Western United, um, 9:45 our time later this evening. I, I'm interested about Western United, who had to do it quite tough in the two-legged semi-finals against Melbourne Victory, who were my tip to win it all. Victory win the first game and then cough up four. I don't think Western United had it in them, did you? No, I don't think anyone thought they had it in them, apart from, and probably not even Johnny Aloisi thought they had it in them. I think, uh, look, when you look at most of their season, you know, they had a lot of 1-0 wins and, and scraped through a lot of games. And while they probably dominated those games, they weren't, they've weren't. they never been a high-scoring team. So, look, that, that result surprised everybody, but I guess highlighted that um, they've got some big-game players ready to go. And, and while no one gave them a chance, uh, you know, they were more than capable and and I think they are again. Look, I, I don't know which way. I'm genuinely torn as to which way this final goes. But um, look, I think you know Melbourne City, given I guess their history and what they did last season to win the competition, they've got it in them as well to obviously win it again. But uh, Western United have really surprised everybody, and, and they're more than capable of, of taking this out as well. Gee, there would have been some stressed uh, Melbourne City fans uh, throughout the uh, semi-final uh, two-legged clash against Adelaide United because it took an age to break down the Reds, didn't it? Uh, nil all the first game that they go behind early in the second half uh, to Adelaide in, in the second league, but but find a way with late goals. But whew, you, you look at their lineup, you think they really shouldn't be struggling to put it in the back of the net. But well, that that was really high-pressured stuff uh, City have gone through. It was, and, and that's that's why I'm sort of torn. I think if, if Melbourne City had won that game a little bit more comfortably, um, you know, or even hadn't gone behind to Adelaide and, and gone into extra time, I think people would be a lot more confident picking Melbourne City going into this one, especially given the fact that Adelaide United had so many young kids um, and weren't really expected to do much against the star-studded lineup like Melbourne City. But, you know, that's where I still think... If they go into this final and, and they're just, for whatever reason, not on the top of their game, then Western United can, can run over the top of them. They showed 
tactically against Melbourne Victory and, and the star-studded lineup and, and front line that Melbourne Victory had, you know, who went into that game, into those games, 15, 16 games unbeaten, that they can, they can shut people down. They can shut an entire front line down. It's not one or two players they focus on. And they can do the same to Melbourne City. So, again, boys genuinely torn as to as to which way this goes. But, um, you know, I don't know. Look, I, I'm sort of tipping Melbourne City because the other day they did find a way. They found a way against Adelaide and big clubs tend to do that. So, I think Melbourne City uh, do have that prob- that little bit of edge, I think, going into this one. Alex Brosk is with us. Now, Alex, uh, please help out my uh, colleague here, uh, Grant Elliott, who supports Everton, as I mentioned. So, he only follows, you know, relegation battles. You know, games, you know, not, not, not high calibre, sort of that scrappy, ugly type of football. But you, I think you won three grand finals, right? I, if, please correct me if I've got that wrong. Yeah, so no, grand right, final right. days, t- tell us about these grand final days. What is the key to getting through, I'd imagine, a day that goes very, very slowly at times and very, very quickly at others? Oh, look, it, it does, and, and um, I'm not even going to try and pretend that the grand finals I played in were anything like a Champions League uh, grand final. That that must be <laughs> something else. Up there, up there, along with a World Cup final, they're the two biggest games uh, that you can possibly play in. And these guys, they're, they're incredible players. They're, they're at the peak of their powers and the top of their game and, and, you know, commanding some crazy money because they're that good, you know, so... These days would be nothing but enjoyment for them. You know, it doesn't matter. The longer the day drags out, the better for them because it's it's a day to soak in everything. Just take in the fact that you're in a final, you know, that everybody else who you've played again, against along the way to get there would love to be in this position. So, I mean, what an incredible game. Real Madrid, Liverpool, two, two teams that, um, you know, uh, again, amongst the best in the world. Liverpool with the incredible... Uh, season that they had going into this one. Madrid as well. Uh, Liverpool didn't win their league. Obviously, it was heartbreaking on, on that last day. I'm a Liverpool fan as well, so I was stressing through the whole thing and had that false hope, just like we all did, uh, thinking that we somehow had a chance when Man City went down uh, 2-0. But it wasn't to be. And I guess for Liverpool, it's just seeing how well they can bounce back from that, that defeat, you know. and well, Not defeat, but uh, having that Premier League title snatched... Uh, in those last couple of minutes. So I'm sure they will. They don't need anything, uh, any motivation to get up for a game like this. And obviously revenge is in the back of their mind over the last time these two sides met as well. Alex, something that fascinates me about these grand finals is, and it's something we spoke to Justin Marshall about earlier on in the show, which is your game plan going into a game final. You obviously have a style of play and a way that you want to play during the season. But how much is it, just catered towards this final and looking at the holes of the opposition. Do you change the way you play or do you just stick to your strengths and the format and style of football that you know as a team? Well, see, I think when you when you look at it, you know, someone like Pep Guardiola, he's been criticised in the past because for, for that very reason, it comes to a, a final of a competition or a big game and he'll change his tactics. He'll, he'll go away from what mm. he's been doing for, for the whole season and, and what's been... Play Fernandinho at centre-back. Yeah. Well, exactly <laughs> right, you know. And, and sometimes those things, they, they disrupt the squad a little bit. And, and you know, I, I think personally, you, you stick to what you've been doing. Yes, you need to factor mm. in that different teams have different quality players. You need to do your analysis and shut those players down. But... Generally, there's a reason why you're there. You know, you've been that good in doing what you do. I don't think that either either team should uh, should change their style. I mean, Real Madrid have played 
two English teams already, Manchester City, Chelsea, in getting to the final. So I think they sort of understand they have a key uh, and a way of playing against English teams. Uh, but look, Liverpool as well, they just they, I don't think they focus on anybody. I think they have an incredible style of football that they play. And, and let, you know, if a team scores two, three, they'll score three, four. And, and they don't particularly seem phased by that. And, and Klopp isn't someone to really change his tactics. They have their style and, and they go all out to win. You guys are the professional athletes here. Um, do you believe in fate, destiny? It's written in the stars. In a lot of ways, and Alex can back this up, uh, Real Madrid pro- probably didn't deserve to get out of the quarterfinals, let alone the semifinals, and now into the final. they miraculous escapes. It does look like it's written in the stars. Uh, I think uh, I'll go before you, Alex, but I, I, I do believe that. I think that you have to believe in the romance of sports, and that's why you play it, because you, you hope that you have that dream game or dream result or you know, win a trophy um, you know, w- with your team. But I th- sometimes when you go in as an underdog or you feel like you've been a bit lucky in a tournament, you go in and it takes away the fear of failure because you feel like, oh, well, we w- weren't going to be here anyway. And you, so they've you, got nothing to lose in some way. You can express yourself, yeah. And I think as the, the Black Caps team that I played for, we were always the underdog. So that almost took the edge off it. But finals footy is anyone's game. It's anyone's game. It's the team that cracks under pressure first will be the team that loses the game, in my opinion. Alex, anything you and can look, add to I, that? I, yeah, look, I do agree. I, I do like the, the fairy tale and, and the thing... I mean, you mentioned there it being written in the stars, but then on the flip side, I don't like the fact that it's almost not in your control then. You know, it's, it's what's going to happen is going to yeah. happen. I, I, mm. I like to think that, you know, anybody can win. But when I do look back at, say, finals and, and, and certain moments in my career, there always has been something that is strangely odd, you know, like either a player gets a certain player gets injured in a grand final or, or a big moment, they hit the post when, you know, a player misses a penalty things that don't normally happen and you look back and think well there was a reason for it and it was meant to be but you know I, I also thought that going into the Premier League I mean Steven Gerrard the, the last day so Steven Gerrard going out to Manchester City to help Liverpool then Coutinho a former Liverpool player he scores a second goal and I, and I was sitting there thinking you know what this is destiny it's meant to be for Liverpool two former players are, are helping them win and then Manchester City came back and won 3-2 and I thought well maybe not you know Manchester City took destiny into their own hands. So, look, I, I do think there is a little bit of that. But, um, boys, again, as a Liverpool fan, I'm hoping Liverpool can go on and do it. But it, there is something about Real Madrid's uh, run into this final that, that is a little bit strange. OK, Alex, stick your neck out. Lay it all on the line. <laughs> Tell us who wins it all. Liverpool, 3-1. 3-1. And, wow. uh, and, and you tipped City earlier, uh, Melbourne City... Give us a scoreline against Western United. Um, I think 2-1, uh, 2-1 Melbourne City. I think it'll be close. It may even go into extra time. But I think, again, Melbourne City, just that, that little edge of, of having played in a grand final before. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, a real treat to have you on the program. Keep up the fine work, and we'll catch up with you soon, I hope. Thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah, appreciate it, boys. Thank you both. Alex Sabrosk joining us, of course, a three-time A-League champion grand final winner. I'm not just talking about minor premierships, of course, which I'm sure he would have skewed maybe even more than that. But uh, great to get his perspective, uh, not only on the A-League, for which uh, he's across here on uh, SENZ uh, via our um, global game show 
He is co-host of that uh, with Simon Hill, of course, on SEN in Australia. So he's uh, tipping Melbourne City and Liverpool uh, three goals to one. It is 19 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Ah, fate, do you believe in fate? It's written in the stars. Oh. You've become right, romantic about sport because you know it goes against my team, and that's no, A-OK, Grant. <laughs> no, no, no. I know you don't have a romantic bone in your body. Your wife would tell me that every time. You, you won't hear me say that. How this. was your wedding anniversary? Did you remember at the ship? Yes, I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, always do, except for <laughs> two years <laughs> ago. That's the most unconvincing <laughs> answer I've ever heard. Yes, when is it? Is it today? Is it Jets? <laughs> Checks the date. No, it's not today. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, the lines are always open. If you want to join us, 0800 Um We will uh, have uh, the weekend words uh, not too far away. I, I should say, rugby league fans, uh, you uh, enjoy our special guest, part of our Saturday session Legends segment, quarter past 12. Bluey McLennan's joining the program, of course, uh, former Kiwis coach. Had great success uh, in Super League in the UK. Came home. Uh, didn't go as well with the Warriors, uh, but uh, a wonderful character. Has lived and breathed uh, rugby league his whole life. Can't wait to catch up with him uh, as part of our Saturday Session Legends segment. It's 28 minutes away from 12. Back after this break, though. Do you know who this is? I, I do, but Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Is it? Well, it's a guy. I guess you're close. He's got two names. So you're on the path. You're like the Warriors. You're building a juggernaut there. I'm so bad start. with music. It's got, to, it's got to start somewhere. I know the songs, but I don't know who sings. Bob Dylan. Well, it's it's another musician with two first names. Don't they all have other one name? About the future. My Lord, and Ben. I can promise you, this is part of the juggernaut we're building for for the Vodafone Warriors. Told you. <laughs> building the juggernaut. Parts have just been delayed. You know. Supply chain issues. Tell me. Have the Warriors used that as an excuse yet, Ben? We've got supply chain issues. We haven't been able to import someone from Morocco. COVID. Okay. I, I guess got COVID. To, I guess to an extent, though, because uh, the owner, Mark Robinson, was talking about that they haven't been able to bolt as many junior players as they want through the system because of the whole COVID thing. So they had to scrap their, their, you know, their young teams. So I guess, I guess to an extent, yes. So that's delayed the juggernaut? Yes. Well, yeah, the other teams obviously have overcome those hurdles. Well, some of them have. Uh, right now, though, the weekend words brought to you by Burger King, home of the Whopper. Thank you, Billy Joel. It's Billy Joel, right? Oh, there we go. Billy yeah, Joel. There we go. Billy Joel. Oh, it's close. No, you weren't. <laughs> Bob Dylan and Billy Joel. Mm. The Dylan fans are going to get onto you uh, in just a moment. Uh, the weekend words, the sporting quotes that have stood out to us for our own reasons. We don't need to tell you why. I'm going to ask. Uh, Grant, this question, he's, he's just admitted to us, he's all about romance and checking the stars, reading a star sign, uh, the romance of sport, fate. It's out of your hands, man. Predetermined dest- no. destiny. That's it's exactly what you said. Go go check the tape. Go check the tape. Well, Thibaut Courtois, who's a goalkeeper for the aforementioned Real Madrid, um, has kind of sent a warning to Liverpool ahead of this Champions League final that we discussed uh, prior to the break with Alex Brosk. Uh, and I quote, when Real Madrid play a final, they win it. That's it. He's, he's jinxed it, isn't he? Well, no. He's jinxed that. And, and the thing I find really funny is when Real Madrid play a final, they win it. Well, aren't you in Real Madrid? Oh, that's right. You've actually even won one yet with uh, Real Madrid. So he's definitely jinxed it. Is that is that He's like, jinxed it. Is that like when Rod Marsh and Dennis Lilly uh, bet against their team for 
um, or bet on England to win a test match, and then they won it. This is before match fixing, obviously. Um, I think it was a thousand to one, and that's when both of them got that big hundred and eighty, avoided the follow on, and England ended up winning it. So yeah, maybe you're right. You can't you can't go up against your own team. Yeah. Well, well he joined um, only in the last couple of years, so he missed that uh, great string of, of wins. But uh, he also points out they've already played one final uh, against Madrid in 2018. It was different for me. Real Madrid, when they play a final, they win it. And so now I'm on the right side of history. See, <laughs> he's tipped the result. He knows. <laughs> they all think it's written in the stars. Don't even don't even get up and watch it or listen to it. I think it's... Don't. it's over. Real Madrid win, right? You know, and that will be in your multis. But written in the stars is also you have to have that romance, that belief that something amazing is going to happen because sports is so ruthless, especially the game of cricket. Oh, romance. This is like you talking about Sean. What have we, have we got? Some uh, have we got some Michael Bolton ready to go? Well, I'm ready gonna, to go. Uh, I'm going to. Do you want some romance? Oh go. yes, you Tim. Well, we can't. Oh, Mr. Gainsborough. We can't play that before my next quote because. Oh no, we can't play the last three minutes of it. The other this side is a of romance. Great song. Light the candles, <laughs> open the wine, dim the lights, put this on, Grant, and then call me tomorrow and say, you're, thank you. We've I'll had, say, you're welcome. We've had some good songs you're today. Very, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. What is your sporting quote? Yes, yeah, so on a serious side, obviously the, the White Ferns, unfortunately, um, well, for a lot of players that were left out, Frankie Mackay was chatting to One News and she just said she was disappointed and angry, but she said, that's not how legends of the game should be treated. We just watched Ross Taylor throughout the summer be able to have his swan song and his send-offs, and Amy didn't get that chance. When you look at it, is it because she's a woman? Possibly it is, and that's really disappointing. I feel embarrassed to have my name tagged to an organization that chooses to treat its people like that. So pretty stern words from Frank oh, yeah. Hi, and obviously she's in the inner sanctum very and it's fantastic that she's willing to offer her opinion mm. on it for sure uh, my only question I raised this earlier is, deserves a swan song how, how can you manufacture that I don't doesn't think ev- doesn't every game matter in the lead up to a World Cup she did go on to say you know that she wished all the young players um, you know good luck that were selected and um, she believed that the team should have youth mixed with experience and I agree with her on that I don't agree with players deserving a swan song I think the game's always bigger than I the believe player. this Amy Satterthwaite's good enough to play the next game yeah New Zealand definitely I mean when you look at the um, the talent pool that we've got at the moment we can't afford to lose players with experience and even if that player can just be in the squad to offer advice <laughs> to younger players it, and it, there's a bit more volatility in T20 performances than the other games. This mm. is the nature of it. Sometimes you come out, you've just you know, state of the game, I'm going to have to whack it. So you can get big fluctuations in performance from season to season, I find. Not the case with her. As far as T20 international runs are concerned, no one scored, um, uh, it seems to me, from a New Zealand perspective, as consistently. It's like you know, averaging in the mid to high 20s, strike rate of about 110 for the last five years. And don't forget her last innings. For the Super Smash, she got 114 of 66 balls. So really did show her class against the Braves. But I think, you know, you're right. She has shown consistency. She's a left-hander. And um, she's got experience. How many players do we have like that in, in uh, the White Fern setup that can offer that experience to young players? And it might be the right move. 
But as once again, I think Frankie Mackay was quite emotional about it because of the way that it was done. Uh, let's finish off with a very uh, serious quote after a horrific, uh, dreadful incident. Well, multiple incidents. The, the most recent, of course, uh, the horror uh, that we all saw in Texas with 19 children and two teachers uh, gunned down by an 18-year-old in an elementary school. Um, Gabe Kepler is the San Francisco Giants baseball manager, a former Major League Baseball player. Um, he's come out in a, in a very, very articulate uh, piece uh, he has penned, uh, talked about how he um, wanted to make some sort of gesture ahead of a game during a national anthem, but uh, said he was conscious that it could be misunderstood as an act meant to be offensive to the military, to the veterans, to themselves. You know, the whole notion of keep politics out of sport, even though we are fawning over military um, at sporting events. Uh, so, and you can understand why, considering that the fallout after Colin Kaepernick. But uh, I'll read a couple of uh, paragraphs from his piece. I highly recommend you track it down and actually read it. Um, and he writes, uh, My brain said drop to a knee. My body didn't listen. I wanted to walk back inside. Instead, I froze. I felt like a coward. I didn't want to call attention to myself. I didn't want to take away from the victims or their families. But I'm not okay with the state of this country. When I was the same age as the children in Texas, my father taught me to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance when I believed my country was representing its people well or to protest and stay seated when it wasn't. I don't believe it is representing us well right now. He adds, uh, every time I place my hand over my heart and remove my hat, I'm participating in self-congratulatory glorification of the only country where these mass shootings seemingly takes place. On Wednesday... I walked out onto the field. I listened to the announcement as we honoured the victims. In Texas, I bowed my head. I stood for the national anthem as Metallica riffed on City Connect guitars. Wow, that was quite powerful. Yeah, no, it just happens every week, every month, doesn't it, in the US? These mass shootings, and it's it's simple. Yeah. Take the guns away. You can buy them in supermarkets. Oh, you're not taking my guns, Grant, (laughs) because I don't have any. Um, there you go, because I live in New Zealand. Uh, 14 minutes away from 12 o'clock. The week in words of sporting quotes have stood out for us for our own personal reasons in association with the Burger King home of the Whopper. Uh, back after this. What is going on with this music? Is it Valentine's with, Day? Is it with February the 14th? Obsession to try and sing out of every ad break. You're on the karaoke stage. What would you be singing? Um, yeah, good question. Good question. It's all I do, Grant. That, that song from the Eagles, I think, like All oh, the Leaves God, Are Brown. Oh, you sleep. All the Leaves Are Brown yeah. by the Eagles. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe an Elvis song, Letter to the Postman. I think Elvis would be good. All the leaves are brown and the sky is grey. Yeah, that one. California, California Dreaming. California Dreaming, yeah. By the Eagles. Yeah, why not? I know a good song you could sing. <laughs> is it that one sung by uh, that guy? What's his name? <laughs> uh, the legend oh, that we always talk of. Grant, yeah, you could sing a new thing song. How on? Oh, no, but did you miss that, Ben? California Dreaming by the Eagles. That was the mummers and the puppers, mate. Oh, was it? It was Mama Cass. Oh, I mean, you know your music. I don't. I don't know. What would you sing, Daniel? Lola by the Kinks. That has always been my karaoke song. How does that go? I met her in a club down in North Soho. We drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah I, can I pass the test? Let's do this. Our bucket list. We get a karaoke booth. We get Ben Francis. For two hours. Down to Wellington. And we have a karaoke session. And we film it live on Instagram. Well, you had me up until filming. <laughs> no. No. You'd have to have your sleep drops the night before. You'd have to be well rested. You do. You need your sleep drops. You, you do. You need your sleep to make sure you're in peak physical condition. I think I'd be all over you and Ben Francis in a karaoke booth. Well, I'm all thinking, over you. Well, you do have that innate sense of uh, overconfidence. So, yeah. <laughs> Says you, the host. Co-host. No. <laughs> Co-host. Isn't that right, Ben? Uh, Co-host. Exactly right. Yeah. Says executive producer extraordinaire. <laughs> just giving him a, a just giving you, You're just going in as the underdog. You ha, you don't want to you don't want to claim this show. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to make you great for 12 months and then get kicked to the curb, mate. That's how it works. That's how it works in this business. I, I do want to know from you uh, both. Um, no, Ben. I'll ask you in the next hour. Um, sum up the mood of the Warriors Nation this week after oh. the Hodge episode. I'm, I'm sure people have lodged some new complaints that I did there. Uh, but your your nominees for Sporting Performance of the Week, our Sleep Drops Performance of the Week, Grant Elliott, who's in your thinking? Easy one for me, Bowden Barrett, the drop goal. You love a drop goal. Oh, clutch. South Nothing. Jones yeah. Jansky, <laughs> yeah. between the goal. uprights, there he is. We've always been snobs when it comes to to how we view drop goals in this country. So it's getting, it's like we need to fix nicknames and our attitudes to drop goals. And sausage before. sizzles. It's We're over sausage sizzles. Come on, let's think of something more innovative you are than a sausage there. sizzle. Have you been asked to go to another sausage sizzle? <laughs> no. charity auction. But whenever you... You had a few. When you talk um, around the table about, you know, how are we going to motivate the... You know, everyone involved this year in oh, anything we'll, in the clubs. We'll burn some go, sizzlers. Let's, let's get some snarlers yeah. and have a sausage sizzle. Yeah. I don't and then like not buy enough onions. Yeah. It will run out halfway through. What should we do for the auction? Let's okay. get someone's shirt. So anyone who, who packs up the sausage sizzle and doesn't sizzle their sausage will get a nomination um, from Grant Elliott. But it is, um, I've gone completely blank. Bowden Barrett. Barrett's no, but, oh, that was amazing, Francis, wasn't it? Being Francis. Oh, I, I'm. This is gonna. He's be just. Bit, like, he's just broken. He's. Just, he's well, got no enjoyment is, in life because he supports the Warriors. Well, Give it up, man. It's I, worse than smack. I was. I was actually going to go down the Warriors road, and it's more. It's not necessarily performance of, of the week, but I kind of want to give credit to Nathan Brown for having to kind of front the media earlier this week and kind of deal with all the dirty laundry going on. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, so he's got he's got nothing to do with this, but he's had to go and he's had to go absolutely get barricaded by the media about what's going on, and he's kind of like the middleman, he's like the messenger, and it's kind of a bit unfair on him. You almost feel sorry for him that he has to continually deal with all the stuff going on. Very nice, very nice. Um, I don't have long, and I don't really want to labour the Manchester City. Did you get that? You I got that. Manchester City. I heard Everton. Manchester City. Manchester City, three oh. goals in five and a half minutes. Yeah. It was spectacular. I loved it. It was I know brilliant. You did. It was brilliant. Oh, I hated well it. done, Manchester City. See, I cried. Unlucky Liverpool. I got a nice story of how bad a viewing experience it was for, uh, for me after the break. It is uh, nearly four minutes away from twelve o'clock. Blue McLennan is our feature guest, part of the Saturday session legend. Stay with us. This is SENZ.
Saturday afternoon now, it's bang on midday. Happy afternoon, everyone. Welcome aboard to the Saturday session on SCNZ. If you're just tuning in for the first time today, where have you been? You've missed out. Uh, we've covered off a, a lot of very important topics and lots of um, nonsensical ones, as we always tend to. Um, you can always check out our social media channels um, to pick up the best of. The most important to, thing, Daniel, as you yeah, turn my mic on, you like to just shut me off to the well, listeners. I do. Have you noticed that I've moved the, the buttons so further and further them. away from you? So but, I'm a little bit controlling. You did say before the break, you said that you had um, a pretty awful experience, which I like talking about Liverpool, obviously. <laughs> right. So tell me about this uh, Okay, so uh, the game kicked off about had. 3 a.m. New Zealand time. I, I had grandiose ideas of getting up and actually watching the games and hopefully multi-screening. Did you press snooze? No, I, I, don't, I don't even think I heard the alarm. I didn't think I slept <laughs> through it. Or more likely, as my wife would say, you forgot to set your alarm, you mm. absolute numpty. Um, you know, when you've got young kids, you know, these things happen. So I get up, get out the device, turn it on, there's Sparksport, here we go. And it's 2-0 to Aston Villa. And I'm losing my mind straight away. Oh my God, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. I start sort of charging around the, like, it's happening, it's happening. Gather yourself, don't too much, make too much noise and wake up the whole household. But I want to make heaps of noise. So I'm like, oh, how do they score? I need to find out who they, who they scored. So many narratives there. Was it Coutinho? Did Gerard actually lace up the boots and decide to play for Aston Villa? Because <laughs> he never won a Premier League with uh, Liverpool. It was desperate. So I go back, find the goals. Yeah, route one stuff. Well, that's nice. Didn't expect that goal. Well defended. Um, and then Coutinho um, tucks it away. It's 2-0. Absolutely magnificent. I'm just overjoyed. Uh, I reckon that would have taken me about eight minutes to go back. You know, it can be a bit niggly, buffering. Mm. And I go back, it's 3-2. <laughs> how did you feel? I mean, how was the emotional roller coaster that well, you went I, through? Firstly, I, I slapped myself across the face going, why did It's the hope that gets you. It's the hope. And for, for that second, I believed it. Did you just shut it down and then get back into bed? But at the same time, Liverpool were drawing. Liverpool weren't in the lead. They wouldn't have been champions if the score had stayed that. So we're actually never in first place. Yeah. But it was an incredible comeback. Um, yeah. What was even... It hurt. It hurt. But what was even better was the Everton fans at that game that then started celebrating. Oh, there was some great um, niggle from the Everton fans. Yeah. Absolutely and, and players. And players. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Richarlison has certainly uh, made no friends on the red side of Merseyside. Um, this has popped up as far as uh, this Man City uh, comeback. Here's a, a nomination for our Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 0800-150-811. Uh, what needs to be dus- discussed as far as the uh, Sporting Week is concerned, now is your chance, the Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. Uh, someone writes here, uh, the Bowden Barrett drop goal for the Mighty Blues, who are top of the table, my Subrogate team, and my other performance of the week. I support Chelsea, but... I have to give it to Manchester City for uh, their comeback from two goals down to win the Premier League. Uh, pretty good shout. There, uh, someone writing on double eight double three. Calm down, Daniel. Yes, I think that relates to uh, my my romance advice. <laughs> Whoever that is, I think that's a very good call. I yep. mean, there's been a lot of romantic songs played on this show today. I don't know why. The Saturday set. Oh, we are full of romance on a Saturday. Very, very well said. Very well said, or sung in this instance. How many hot takes on the Warriors have there been on SCNZ this week? Have we got a hot take Warriors count? I reckon we'd be over 200, wouldn't we, Ben? From hosts, callers, contributors. 
Oh, I'm sure. uh, let's add another one here. Let's add another one. Daniel and Grant, I think the Warriors need to sign rugby talent from New Zealand rugby to bring some of the New Zealand rugby found uh, from Jason in uh, Victoria. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, Warriors, um, let's get the uh, the pulse of the Warriors uh, fandom in one man, Ben Francis, our producer extraordinaire. There you go. That, that solves your problem. Uh, just get out a big checkbook and sign all the best rugby players. It's so simple, isn't it? Oh, that's it's just right there for you, Ben. Why aren't you doing it? It's very easy, especially considering we now have $700,000 against our cap next season, which we can't use. You know, yeah. It makes that a bit, a bit more difficult. But in terms of the Warriors... That, it was confusing last week, the Lodge saga, wasn't it? But yeah. they've lodged a whole new chapter, haven't they? Oh, I, I think You've eaten your cap space for this year and next year. It's just bizarre. What's happened? He's got photos of someone, hasn't he? He's got photos of someone. <laughs> Something's happened. Something ha- has happened that we're not sure of, are we, Ben? There you go. That, that, that's my hot take. No, you're probably right. But the thing is, everything that's gone on in the last week, Warriors fans have more questions than answers now. Like It was confusing enough last week, but that is even more confused by everything that's gone on. And as, as you know, guys, Warriors fans are staunch. They're hardcore. They will wear the jersey till they die. But I think They need a hug. The, the, if you see a Warriors fan this weekend, give them a hug. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I think this is the probably this is probably. I'm the, giving Grant a hug right now, Ben. I'm giving him a hug right now. Twenty uh, seconds. I'll play, scientifically I'll play proven to again, make you happier. Twenty seconds. You're supposed to hold a hug. For yeah. Me. Make sure you hug them for twenty seconds, Ben. But that's about fifteen seconds after it becomes awkward. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, that one there was two Just, seconds, and I was still creeped out. Yeah. 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 Rough night I had. Rough. Can night. I file a complaint? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> um, just don't tell them about that. those. Those pics I sent you. <laughs> but carry on, Ben. You're on full flight. We're, we're, I know this is your therapy sh- session. Back on the couch. Um, <laughs> we'll pay attention and be sincere this time. Oh, can I get some? Uh, you know, I think this is probably the first time for like myself personally as a Warriors fan where I've probably been frustrated and finding it difficult. I think this is probably the first time. Come on, where are you going with us? Where are you going with us? Well. Come join me in Toronto Maple Leaf land, mate. Just don't. They're not going to win it. You enjoy it far more. If you don't, they're not going to win it. We talked about this last week on the show. My Leafs will never win it in my lifetime. And I'm much happier for it, Ben. Just say it out loud with me, Ben. Say it out loud. You're going to have to. Those words are never coming out of my mouth. That's the thing with us Warriors fans. Even though we get frustrated and annoyed, we still support them until our death. Yep. You'll go grey. You'll. Clotting of the arteries, and I'll attend your funeral. Oh, that's good. Something that's like good. that. Yeah, you'll live, ha- you'll live a happier life, a longer life. Yeah, I'd, I'd. It's so bizarre, isn't it? To to release someone, pay them out, and limit your cap space for this year and next year. So we we discussed last week. Are they punting on this season? We said, well, yeah, you can certainly uh, claim that they are. But are they now punting on next year too? Yeah, I I want to I want to hear Ben Francis say that. If the Warriors don't make the top eight, he will cut off his, his mullet. The Absolutely ponytail goes. not. No, that's not happening. My, my, well, I, th- I think my partner, How much do you love your club? I think my partner would break up with me, so I think that means a bit more to me. Based on a haircut? Oh, she, she, likes, oh. she likes the man. Oh, okay. She likes the, the, the what a, whatever Grant calls it. What is it? The munnet. The minutes. Yeah. We've, the only minutes. Got, we've only got 52 minutes remaining. There's a whole heap of therapy to go into sort of that <laughs> relationship. She'll leave you if you get a bad haircut. And she loves the man bun. 
The Manit. Oh, the Manit. The Manit. The Manit. Yeah. It is special. Uh, anyway, your, being the listeners, your Sleep Drops performance of the week, uh, let us know either 0800 150 or text double eight double three. We would love to know uh, the highlights of your sporting week. I'd like to ask the listeners a question as well, because something that surprises me, you always see league players going to rugby, but not so much rugby going to league. Is that a fair comment? Who do you think, as a rugby player, would be successful jumping to league? Well, of course, when rugby was amateur, uh, a lot jumped to rugby league. You know, late 80s, early 90s mm. is a great example of that. It's probably it's at its height. Uh, I don't think we keep as, a track of it as much, but it does seem, it does seem, the docs are what we think, in, you know, our sporting society is more go from league to rugby. League to rugby, yeah. And why don't we see the other other way, but also how would they be, or who do they think would be successful if they jumped in? I'd love to see Dane Coles play league. Oh, see that would how, be good. See how much niggle there would be, Ben. There, there would be plenty of niggle from, from Dane Coles. What about the bus? Julian Savier. Wouldn't he be good? He's humming along. He's had a pretty good year, isn't he? Yeah, he's had a great year. Okay, well, uh, there you go. Grant's uh, laid uh, down the gauntlet, so to speak. Oh, 0800 or you could uh, text us, double eight double three. We are going to talk rugby league, um, not the woes of the Warriors in 2022, but as part of our Saturday session Legends segment, uh, all in association with uh, Somerset. I think legendary here, think Somerset Retirement Villages. We're going to catch up with a great character of New Zealand Rugby League. Uh, lived and breathed um, rugby league uh, over a long, long time. Um, scaled some dizzying heights with the Kiwis, uh, especially. We cannot wait to, uh, to welcome into the show uh, Bluey McLennan. He will join us after the break. But I think Grant has uh, another contender, is it? Uh, yep, yeah, we do. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Craig from the Bay of Plenty. Thanks for your name and where you come from, Craig. Uh, performance of the week is to come. The Warriors to win today after the week of turmoil. Ha ha. Seriously, though, my performance of the week is Scott Dixon on pole for the Indy 500. Great show, guys. Thank you very much, Craig. Uh, always uh, great to get your nominations. Um, and uh, keep them rolling in. Double eight, double three via text, as Craig has done. Or pick up the phone. We love talking to you. 0800 But our uh, Saturday session legends segment is the man uh, fictionally known as Bluey coming up after the... <laughs> Yeah, wonderful moment that was uh, for our legend, officially a legend according to the Saturday session. Uh, part of our Saturday session legend segment, we'd love to catch up uh, with uh, Kiwis. We've had a long association with their sport, uh, who bleed the colour of their sport, and our man um, joining us this week, of course, uh, led New Zealand and the Kiwis to great success during his tenure, also great success in the Super League in the United Kingdom, also coach of the Warriors, but he's had a love and connection of rugby league probably for longer than he can actually remember. Uh, they call him Bluey. Brian McLennan joins the program. Thanks so much for joining us, Bluey. Oh, thank you so much. 
Oh, Brian, it's great to have you on the show. And something that we've been talking about a lot on this show is nicknames. I've been very disappointed with uh, the nicknames in New Zealand. That we just tend to throw Smithy. a Y on the end of yeah, the name. Lazy. Um, McLennan is a very difficult name to throw a Y on, but surely there's a story <laughs> behind the nickname Bluey. Yeah, there is, but it's it's not it's not too flash, and I've went too deep into it. It's actually R-rated <laughs> as well. Uh, so um, it, it, it comes from my dad, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know he sort of had a bit of a mischievous uh, past there uh, uh, with the you know with the colour blue. Um, Anyway, he was Blue Max, and everyone just called me Blue Boy, and then it just went on Brilliant. from there. So, so nothing too flash. Yeah, well, <laughs> they take on a life of their own, those nicknames, and it's been with you. But, but that <laughs> yeah. connection with, 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 with Father, with Farnow, got you really into rugby league and that lifelong sort of passion and love. Your, your earliest memory of being around the sport would be what, Bluey? Um... When I started playing when I was four, um, and my parents were quite young when I was born, so 16. So going down to Carlaw Park to watch my dad play for the Ponsonby um, Ponies, and you know they were the they were massive back in the day down at Carlaw yeah. Ponies, played led by Roger Bailey. So you know go sit down at the park, and it was always um, a, a big crowd down there on a Sunday, um, and just just wanting to be like, you know, my heroes running out on the field. You know, those guys in the in the sixties, late sixties and early seventies, just watching them and just wanting to be like them. Uh, Brian, so one of the the things on the legend segment that we've had that commonality between all of our legends is just a passion for the game and starting it at a young age. We had Mark Sorensen on l- last week and. Um, your dad, Mike, obviously was ingrained in the sport. Um, how can we as fathers really encourage that passion and love for sport to the children? Um, that that because we don't see that real love of the game like we we get from our legends at the moment. Yeah, just love of the sport is is you know being passionate about it, um, getting down there, so supporting your your, your children. It's, it's it's just being there, and you know I think parents that just turn up and 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 uh, support their kids, get them to trainings. You know it's wonderful. And then if something takes, you know they take wings and and really excel at it. Well, then you end up, you know they end up through the rep programs, and it's taking them to more trainings and um, mm. just being being supportive. And um, you know it, as long as the the kids having a good time. Um, you, you can't really go wrong, and that—that's what happened to me through my playing career. Just parents always there. We had a wonderful set of parents. We did team trips, made rep teams, and and you know I went on from there and just loved the sport. So, and that's that's anonymous with Kiwis really in all sports is um, mm. the cream rises to the top, uh, but you just got to be there every training session and every game and just trying your best. But rugby league um, and the club uh, aspect to it sort of dealt a, a difficult hand, wasn't it? You know, rugby always seen as the bigger brother. Uh, lots of rules that actually made it very difficult for rugby league to grow. Um, but the people were everything, right, Bluey? Um, the, 
people at yep. the, the club level have, have have nurtured the sport incredibly well, and and look how popular it is right around New Zealand now. Yeah, it, it, it's um, you know, I, I I was of that age, and more my father was of that age where it was difficult. There was um, you know, sort of bad feelings between union and league, but that's you know, thankfully that's all sort of gone away now. It's slowly. You know, as years go go on, it it it's, it it gets better, and the main thing is that yeah, people are out there playing sport, and for league, for us, um, you know, through my career, uh, Sundays were the big day, and it was always down Carlaw Park, and that was synonymous with with uh, rugby league in in Auckland, and uh, obviously league is very strong in Canterbury and Wellington and that as well. So, um, but just having your own home ground and, and all the clubs would, would play down there. And and back back when uh, those times, if you wanted to have a beer, uh, you, you, you went to a league club, you know, on a Sunday night because the pubs weren't open then. So we'd have... Always um, thinking. Pretty, yeah, we'd have pretty good times down at the, the park and then really good times at the club and the clubs were profitable, um, you know, because of that. So it was just a... A real vibrant scene, and as as much as us leagueies would compete against each other, there was um, it was always you, you would always end up you know you'd go to another club or at your club when there's a social, other players from other clubs would come, and it was just a really good vibe, um, you know. So you know, I, I I say this sincerely, I just felt like all you know all the leaguey boys that I grew up with and played against, we all we felt like a family. It was really good. Uh, Blue, you had a successful career as a player, but also as a coach. What would Coach Bluey say to player Bluey? Oh, just just get you, be prepared. You know, really um, prepare yourself for for being the best you can be, and never let anyone get in the way of you being the best you can be. Um, and you know, and I, I, I was very fortunate to see a lot of success growing up and um, and then in teams I've played and then so when I went coaching I knew what that looked like and so um, you know and I was just lucky that I made a really good move in moving up to Hibiscus Coast and cutting my teeth and learning it learning my trade through there and, and coaching the boys there and it's their 40th anniversary this year which is really cool and so I learned all through there, and um, so I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, so my old self talking to my young self, yeah, don't beat yourself <laughs> up too much when you make them. <laughs> um, um, but of course I did at the time, and just tried to get better and better and better. And um, and then uh, you know I, I just was in the right place at the right time in terms of ending up um, getting the Kiwi team, and uh, and, and you know my. Career really took off from there. Yeah, you had success in the Barter Card Cup, wasn't it? Uh, leading up to that appointment yeah. with the Kiwis, was it around then you realised, oh, career coach, I could be, or was it only truly till you got to the in- the international level with New Zealand? Um, no, I was going pretty well with with my teams I coached, and I think um, what got me the Kiwis job is people could see that I built from the bottom up, um, but. The Raiders, we were a second division club, and and we ended up becoming a first division club, and then a national club, and winning the national. 
Uh, yeah. That was quite a, a big rise. And then I went to Mount Albert, which was my uh, club I was born into, really. Um, played all my life there. And then I went there, and that was an established club. And, and we had success there. We won three barter card cups in a row. And um, so, yeah, so I guess off the back of that, going into uh, the Kiwis, I, I, I did... I went the year before on uh, 04 Kiwi trip as an assistant coach. So it was James Lulawai and myself, and we were assistant to Daniel Anderson, and we went over to England there. So that that was um, something that you know really opened my eyes. And and through the government back then, there was there was help for young coaches coming through. So I got um, you know I got sort of tutored along the way. Um, uh, watching some other coaches and went over to Sydney. You know, they, they they assisted me to go over to Sydney so I could watch Sydney clubs. I went to uh, the Bulldogs, went to the Roosters, just to watch how they went. So I'm forever grateful for that, that, um, you know, there was assistance in place to help young coaches through all sports. Um, and I was one of those. And, um, you know, and I, I guess it ended up, um, paying off for them because I, I, I learned enough to be able to hold my own when I, I got in front of a um, in front of a Kiwi uh, Kiwi boys. Well, uh, you had great success in your first year. You, you would have heard the critics after your appointment. Who is this guy? He's not proven at the NRL level, for for example. Um, so you've just got to put that to a side and get to the job of building from the bottom up again. Uh, you built it a lot faster than you probably expected, right, Bluey? Um, yeah, I guess it's lucky I'm, um, you know, I, I, I got a wear hearing aid, so I'm half deaf, so I didn't really hear uh, much of the criticism <laughs> about me being coach anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's probably been a blessing to me that I'm, I'm Mutt and Jeff, you know, I can't hear. So, um, but, no, so with, with the boys, I was like, with the, the boys I had, they were just ripe to, to do really well, you know, um, like, I had Ruben Wickey, you know, as a captain. Yeah, Stacey I mean, Jones. Jeez, yeah. and Stacey Jones. Um, you know, Blind Freddy could could do well with those <laughs> blokes uh, running a team. So, you know, and um, and those boys, uh, Nigel Vanganas, poor, uh, he's David Kidwell's, uh, Shantane Harpy's whole bunch. Look, I could go through it, Ali Lartiti. All those boys were fantastic, and, with a group of the coaching staff and selectors we had, we were really determined to pick the the best people, and we got them. Um, so, um, you know, we had a really good camp, and and uh, we, you know, and everybody just jumped on the same page, and uh, we had a really great culture because you know I come from that, you know, I come from where yeah. they come from, and um, and and uh, you know we. We just did it really well, and it was collective. It wasn't um, because of my coaching. It wasn't just because of Ruben's captaincy. Yeah, even though it was amazing, it was everyone. Everyone had to to go. Okay, uh, you know, our Kiwi team comes first. And um, if I did something well myself, I, I'd probably I, I paint a picture um, for how it would all look uh, to everybody. And and and. Um, and then Rubes and Stacey and the Nige Vanganas and in particular, they were excellent at, at going, okay, you know, follow me. This is how it's done. Um, 
and then off we went. And uh, our first test was in Sydney, um, and we hadn't won in Sydney as a Kiwi team for many, many years. I think it was something like 52 years. And, um, you know, and the halves for that Australian team that day were um, were Andrew Johns and Darren Lockyer, you know. And um, so it's a pretty fair, fair Aussie team, and we were rank outsiders, and, and, and we played really well and won quite well. So, um, so you know, being able to get off, to a really good start um, helped in terms of um, going for the rest of the tour. Um, so the things that we all collectively said was going to make us a really good team all, all work really well right from the get-go. Um, so, you know, I think we got a lot of confidence of that and came back to Auckland uh, home, you know, come home for our second test. And um, although we lost that narrowly, we were the better team that night. Um, and I, I think any any sports person can know what I mean by that. Um, you know, uh, the scoreboard, you know, it is, they were the winners, but we, geez, we, we were really good. We were just a bit, <laughs> yeah, we were the better team. And, and, and that's why when we went into the final against them later on in the tournament, we were pretty confident. Yeah, 24 points to nil, Australia's biggest ever defeat. Uh, it's quite extraordinary. Uh, New Zealand sports fans jumping for joy. Not only that, the Harden Rugby League fraternity, Grant, uh, an amazing result because Australia, par excellence, have been uh, for generations in that sport. Uh, no two ways about it. Um, a lot of Kiwi fans, Bloy, might say uh, the tenure wasn't l- as long as they would have wanted, but uh, what coaching the Kiwis doesn't pay the mortgage, doesn't pay the bills, uh, and doesn't uh, offer the rewards, and these are utterly legitimate reasons. As what the, the rhinos of Leeds come calling, was that a pretty open and shut case, or did you have to ponder it, or was it obvious you needed to take that chance? Yeah, I, like I'd um, coached the Kiwis um, in '06 as, as, as well, and we went really well there. You know, we, geez, we, it was a draw at full time, and. And, um, you know, not a lot of people... It didn't get publicised a lot, but we had three injuries. We only had one sub for the last 20 minutes, so we only just went narrowly down there. So I sort of was getting a, a little bit more confidence the more I coach um, with with the players. And um, and then things happened, um, you know, throughout, throughout the course as they do. And then I got an offer to um, just talk to Gary Hetherington, the CEO, and of uh, Leeds Rhinos and I'd visited Leeds Rhinos whilst I was over there once on one of the tours and just loved um, loved the history of, of Headingley and um, you know and then I got offered the job after the interview and um, I had to just had to take it um, you know just for you know my family being able to be part of a, a club that you know, was the first, you know, that was, that's where it started. Leeds was, was the first, one of the first clubs to start playing rugby league and to go over and be a part of that, it was massive for us. Um, you know, and then obviously financially, it would help our family. Um, you know, so off we went, Jules and myself and uh, our three kiddies. Uh, my oldest boy, he would have, he was eight and my twins were six. So off we went over to there and uh, to get into the professional environment. And, you know, it was it ended up working well, but it was very, very challenging and very, very hard. 
Bluey, it almost looks like the results that you had, because you had a lot of success there, that, that was almost a turning point in your coaching career, would you say? Yeah, it was. I learned a lot. Um, we had a very good team. Um, and, you know, we went on to uh, break a record in winning three grand finals in a row. Uh, the first one was when Tony Smith was coach, and then I went over and was involved in the next two. Um, and it was a record which has been equaled by St. Helens um, just just last year, actually, um, which is pretty cool because that's where my dad coached at St. Helens. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, to be a part of that and just day in, day out, which was challenging for me because I, I'd only... I'm, I was an amateur coach. I, only, I was Tuesday, Thursdays, and, and, and you know Saturdays primarily coaching over here. Uh, so to go in day in day out, I had to, you know, I had to learn pretty quickly on my feet. I know I had the Kiwis, but that was like six week tours, um, seven week tours. You know, not not um, being in charge of a program with developments and um, you know recruiting and and uh, you know so. That was a real uh, learning curve over there, and I was really assisted really well um, through the club. Um, you know, I, I, I say this out loud: I love the Leeds Rhinos. I consider myself a Leeds Rhino forever. Um, I love, yeah, I love the club. It's really well run. Gary Hetherington's a genius. Uh, Kevin Sinfield, our captain. You know, him and Ruben are so much alike. Um, you know, they're great men who lead with their actions. And, you know, um, you know, I'd suggest anyone who doesn't really know much about Kevin Sinfer, have, have a look and see what he's been doing post um, his career. And uh, it's extraordinary. Um, he's raised so much money and funds to, to help and assist an, an old teammate, and Rob Burrow. It's, it's extraordinary. So I was, I've been very blessed as a coach to, to, to get in around and, and be with good people. And that's the key to success, I believe, in um, in any organisation is is just make mm. you know make sure you surround yourself with good people. Um, and when I've been involved in those sort of situations, um, if, if there's been people that come in that I didn't think were any good, I, I, I would move them on. Um, that's the key. Just keep making sure you have good people with you. After three very successful years with Leeds, you come home. I think you have a. a I think you might have worked with uh, Auckland Rugby League. But then, of course, uh, the Warriors come calling. Uh, a huge opportunity and yep. for the, the 2012 season. I'm sure you jump at the chance to take it. Um, how do you reflect upon the season, which ultimately left it, you being removed as, as coach before the end of the season? It was it was a pretty tough ask. You're replacing. I, I do remember quite a lot of players moved on. Um, how, do you look back with regret, remorse, Shrug your shoulders, it is what it is. Bluey, how, how do you reflect on your time with the Warriors? Oh, all three. Um, all three. Like, when, when um, you know, when when I finished at the Warriors, I, you know, I was, you know, gutted just. Um, yeah, it was a tough, tough period because it was a dream job. But, you know, I had to accept that, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't quite ready for the job and I didn't do a good enough job there, you know, and the owners have got every right to move you on if, if, if you're not doing that. But, you know, I think we, you know, I'm, I'm proud though that I was part of the club where we, you know, we were bringing a lot of our uh, youth through. Um, and, you know, we did have a, a, a number of in injuries as well to, to key people that, um, 
you know, but it, it gave some young guys a go, and and we had close ones. But I could have did a better job. I accept the responsibility that that we didn't go as well as we we should have. Um, but um, you know, it, it's one of those things you just have to accept it and and, and move on. Um, it, it's a bit of a it sort of was really the end of my career, really. Um, um, because there was not, you know, I didn't want to ever go back to England because my, of the age of my kids and and so forth. Yeah. Um. They were, so, I just thought, look, my wounds and what I did do, which I'm extremely proud of too, is both my sons played league at, at the time, and I just went back and coached them locally. Um. And so I dusted myself off and and, and went and just coached young kids playing, you know. Um. 13-year-olds awesome. and 15-year-olds and know that I'll give back, you know, give back a bit to the game because the game was good to me. Um, and so that's what I did. And, and even now to this day, I still pretty much watch most of the NRL games and um, I love the game, you know, just love watching Absolutely it. Absolutely, you and, do. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 fair note, the Warriors have changed coaches a few times since you left. They've also changed ownership. No one's figured out. Are, are you now happy that... Um, the Matt Lodge type issues are no longer no longer coming across your desk because gee, it's been an interesting fortnight for yeah. that club. Oh, it has. It's um, I, you know, I feel for the Warriors and um, you know, because it's, you know, I know how challenging it is having been in there and um, you know, to to be, you know, away from home and then to work it out and uh, to to um. Most of the players are, are players they've recruited. They've not come through the system. That's difficult. Um, if there's one thing I've learned through my coaching and my playing is that local guys, local guys play harder for for the team. They just do. Um, in general, you know, um, you've got to, you know, most championship teams they. You know, they come from their own. They, they, they come from their own. They do. And uh, so that's been difficult for the Warriors being based in Redcliffe. It's, you know, it's going to be really good when the Warriors can get back home and, and settle back down in Auckland. And they, you know, I can tell you now they will never win a premiership until they can get at least 70-odd percent of their players coming from New Zealand, you know, coming from out of here. Uh, so... Looking forward to when they come back. I've got respect for uh, the fact that the Warriors have, you know, been hanging in there in, in all this time and, and tough ter- circumstances. So when they get back, you know, they've got to get get their recruitment their recruitment from juniors in and their development, and they've got to develop their own, and then they'll have a chance of uh, getting up the top there in the NRL. Well, Brian, I just want to thank you. You're a true legend um, in the sense of the word, the, the fact that, you know, what you've done for the game, not only as a player, as a coach, as a father, um, and in the grassroots game. I mean, you know, it's fantastic to hear such a legend giving back to the sport. And I think, you know, that's uh, what we need from all of our professional sportsmen now is what can they give back to the game that's given them so much. And it has been an absolute privilege to uh, speak to you this morning. And um, no doubt we'll speak to you again on the Saturday session at some stage. Oh, no worries. You have a nice day, boys. We will do. Thanks so much, Bluey McLennan, who is our Saturday session legend for this week, talking about his uh, 
really interesting coaching career, playing career, love um, and connection with the sport for as long as he can remember, and it will continue right across the sport. Uh, and always, always uh, keen to chat about the game. And, and when you're a radio station focused on sport, people like Bluey are gold, um, you know, doing wonderful things to promote their game, to cover their game, and uh, we really do thank him, not only for his time today, but his uh, ongoing support of the sport. Um, and we would also like to acknowledge Somerset for their fine support. We wouldn't be able to bring you this uh, legend segment every week. Think independent, living with a little help in a service department. Think Somerset Retirement Villages. We will take a break and then find out very quickly what's happening on the good oil on the other side of this break. Quarter to one. After one o'clock, the good oil will join you um, after, no doubt, completely ignoring our advice that we gave them last week. And they'd, uh, they poo-pooed us. There was utter poo-pooing from Clado and the team. Oh, hello, Clado. I didn't realise you were there. Let it go, let it go. We just helped you along, didn't we? Subtle point. Oh, well, Clado, I was listening. And can you uh, understand him, Clado? Like English is a second language after all. Yeah, and I can just uh, make out. We've got teletext here, subtitles. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> translated. Well, obviously you do because I told you subtle point would win and uh, you didn't back it. You went for YOLO. YOLO who run third. And subtle point, mm. $8. Jeez, I hope you cleaned up. You're not making a I subtle did. point at all, are you, Grant? I did clean up later. Waiting all week. I don't, don't give you later. tips that often, um, but when I do, maybe the uh, good oil might listen, it's including your your co-host in the day, Kyle Mills. He was doubting me, wasn't he? Oh, he had no time for you whatsoever. <laughs> he said he's surprised <laughs> you hadn't had a sports show, let alone a lady tipping them out of the horses on the, on the good oil. <laughs> Did you when you played um, Kyle under 19s? Obviously, language was an issue. You not being able to speak English at all. But were you, were you able to ask him um, in a very broad Afrikaans accent? Why are you the only guy who throws it at 110k? <laughs> uh, no, Milsey was rapid. He was rapid in those days, and I'm sure he was very useful in your show, Plato. <laughs> anyway, hopefully fun. he's not. Uh, hopefully he's not there uh, sharpening his knife, um, preparing to, to get us back. Uh, as far as today's show, what's your lineup and what's the, the focus on the racing this Arvo? Oh, this afternoon we've got uh, Wellington on and the, our, our old mate Chase goes around again in race three. The yes. boys are giving me stick this morning about Chase. I'm going to let him go today, so everybody out there, now's the day to get on Chase. Uh, we've got Wellington. <laughs> Got a nice simple chase coming up in the next and then Chase's race. And we've got a 10 race card at Pukekohe Park. So well and truly underway. Joining me on the show today, we've got Group 1 winning trainer Steve McKee and the man who started it all, Go Racing, Albert Bosma. So a couple of runners Brilliant. across the Tasman as well. And over here, so we'll be picking Albert's brain. So he's been dying to get on the show. He's tidied himself up. He's like Grant. He went and had a haircut <laughs> for the show. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. What a lineup, Clayto. Have great fun uh, this afternoon and good luck to, to you and all in the club. Well, oh, you've oh, yeah, Clayto, before you go, I had my first percentage of a horse, the only ever horse I owned with Go Racing uh, with Albert and Stephen. So great to have them on the show. Good men. Oh, good good man. Like You'll have signed up by lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great show, Clado. Uh, Thanks, best guys. of the team. It's 12 away from one. Our final uh, predictions um, for the weekend uh, upon us after the break. Thanks to everyone who's played a part in the program, especially Blue McLennan, who was our legend. Andre writes via text, the biggest to cock up from the Warriors after letting Ivan Cleary go was letting Bluey go without giving him a chance. A true legend of rugby league. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Bluey, for joining us. If you missed that interview, check out our social media channels. They'll all be there. Gee, what a weekend it has been. Um, thank you for all our nominations, too. Can, it, can I give it to just Paul? I know it's not my job, Ben. Paul from Walken Rights. I'm a Broncos fan. So he gets it there. Um, and their comeback from 20 points down to win 
was the best performance of the week uh, in association with Sleep Drops, our Sleep Drops performance of the week. Thank you to everyone who has uh, played a part. Try New Zealand sleepdrops.co.nz for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always le- read the label and take as directed. What a monster, bonkers sporting weekend it is uh, as far as trying to pick our predictions. We've got Stanley Cup Plus. We've got NBA, of course, uh, what we've discussed. Uh, Super Rugby. Super Rugby. Motorsport. NBA. How's the, the Elliott household going? Oh, the Elliott household. It's Sun very difficult. The Celtics. Elliott, a big Heat fan. Yeah, and the issue is, is that the Heat has just got so many injuries. Buckets, Butler's out. Oh, Heroes gone. Island. Yeah, this is a, I think the Celtics will take it today. I think that they will take it. They're 3-2 up, and um, I think that it'll be Celtics all the way. So I'm going to have to take my medicine when I get home. Okay, um, I'm tipping the Celtics too, just to heap more misery on uh, Grant Elliott. Okay. That was one of my tips. Get on the Celtics, no doubt about that one. And my big upset of the week, I had the uh, Waratahs uh, turning over a, uh, I won't say second string, but a depleted Blues lineup. Uh, ben Francis, what are you liking the look of? I was actually hoping to go last, if that was okay. Or have okay. both of you guys made your yep. picks? Go last. Yeah, yeah okay. No, well, I mean, I always have a show after all. I have a huge respect for everyone that comes onto the show. So we were tipped uh, by Alex earlier on in the show that uh, Western, uh, sorry, uh, Melbourne City, Melbourne City will beat Western United. So tipping them, and then Liverpool will beat Real. So you're tipping. You allowed to tip Liverpool? Being anybody? yeah, I can. Do you feel dirty? And I'd multi that up with the Celtics. You feel a bit icky. I don't feel good about it, but no. you know what? My youngest son supports Liverpool and so does my dad, so there is a little bit of... Oh, there's uh, hope for the Elliott just, family, which is more important. Yes. Um, uh, excellent, because <laughs> I was concerned. Uh, Big Ben Francis, go. Well, funnily enough, my picks were the exact opposite to Grant's. Oh, no. Yes! <laughs> That's why he wanted to go last. Love it, because he, he gets to, to brag last. next week, because no doubt Ben's will come in. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Go for it, Ben. So what are those odds paying? I think mine are paying about three fifty nine. One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so so that that's your theory this week, Ben. Everything Grant tips, I'm going the opposite. Yes, exactly. That's how that's yeah. my thinking this week. I had nothing. Wow. So I did like it. I, did it. I did. He had nothing. That's why I wanted to go last. Don't reveal your trade secrets. There was a half believable story, like Kyle Mills's. Story that you can't speak English. And our tipping is getting hot. We're getting them right. As a listener, you gotta to listen to our tips. Oh, have a great week, team. Have a great weekend. Happy birthday to my darling sister Betson. Happy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.